Hi, you're listening to Wine Pod by George Brown College. I'm Adrian Caravello. And I'm Doris McEwen-Bradley. Adrian, guess who's coming to Wine Pod? <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm sure it's going to be exciting. It's a lady. She's from South Africa, and she has seven sisters. Is it... Vivian Kleinens from Seven Sisters? You got it. Vivian will be here. Your hints are unbelievable. Charades after this. (laughs) I smell an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing story. I think everybody's going to be super excited to hear from a poor village all the way to an international superstar. It is an incredible story about entrepreneurial spirit. And it's, it also has a lot to say about family and, and the unity that a family needs to have to pull something like this off. Well, they all lean on one another and they all support one another. Adrian, by the time our guests are listening to this conversation, they may be able to sample the wines themselves as it's coming into uh, the LCBO in September. Great. And then when you listen to the wine pod, you'll see that each of the grape varieties have a different personality named after each sibling. Well, I've also read about the accolades that the wines are getting, and she's starting to make uh, some real you know, headway in, in that end of the industry. And can we say the backdrop of her vineyards and winery, volcanic land, beautiful mountainscape. She really is in a, a part of the world that is understated. It really is a magnificent part of the world. Have you been to South Africa? I've never been, but it is definitely on the bucket list and I drool over the pictures that I see. You know, years ago, I competed in the uh, Wines of South Africa Somalia Cup and I made it through and ticket was bought and I broke my leg. Oh, I remember <laughs> that story. I think that story involves wine as well. Well, we won't go there, will we? (laughs) Another time. Here's my conversation with Vivian. So most children do not think of opening a business at the age of 14. Can you share how you came about to be one of the most successful wineries of our time? Oh, thank you so much, Doris. Well, I grew up in a very small fishing village called Paternoster, where our main staple foods would come from the ocean. Growing up without resources, like, for instance, electricity. At the time, as a child, I thought we were very poor. I did not really like that. We grew up very strict and very disciplined, and we were always busy working. That was also one thing that I didn't like. We had chores from the morning chore and afternoon chore and evening chore. But during holidays, we were allowed to play, you know, with the village kids. And I would use the time to gather the children and make a concert for us, you know, bring some entertainment. Then at times I would make cookies and sweets and salad and yeah at the time it was very little money that I would make out of it but it was something and I could at times use it to spoil the children when I was in the vicinity of 14 I would make you know hamburgers and hot dogs and I would uh, go to the sports events I would walk amongst the people and sell my food 
I remember at a very young age, I was worried that my mother won't have money to buy food. And I, I don't think children think about things like that or should think about things like, like that. And when we had to go to high school, my mother would give us money for the bus for the morning. But in the afternoon after school, we had to find a lift home, which meant at times we, myself and my sister two years older than me, would be standing alongside the road waiting for a lift. School finished at three o'clock. Sometimes we would wait up till nine o'clock in the evening and we would not find a lift. At times we had to go to my aunt who's to live in the town and stay over by her. But then I decided that after school I would run home the 10 kilometers. So then I became a marathon athlete. I started running for the school. I was the only girl running long distance for, this, for my high school at one stage and I would enter competition running and I would, yeah, win money. <laughs> so, yeah, that is what I would just look for opportunities to to make my, to have a better life for myself and to to share it amongst my siblings. That takes sheer determination. So, can you share how you made the leap to being in the wine industry? Well, I always had it in my mind. So, I was about I think 18 years old when my father lost his job. And we were split up in pairs of twos to live amongst family members. And I think the penny dropped for me that time that one day I will have my own business and I would not let this happen to us ever again. It was pretty embarrassing for me to and yeah, to, to have to go through that and I, I was thinking that, yeah, one day, you know, this will never, ever happen to my family again. I started my own recruitment and human resource company. And while I was there, one of my clients was, in, was invited by the U.S. ambassador in Cape Town. And he invited me to go with him. And they were talking that night about wine exports to the U.S., not knowing anything about wine, not drinking it, not tasting it. And while I was there, the Minister of Agriculture called people of color to venture into the higher value chain of the wine industry. So I started to do some research on the wine industry, and I found it was a three billion U.S. dollar strong export industry in a six million local industry and nine percent of employment in South Africa was on wine farms to farm workers and I thought wow you know this this could be a great opportunity to venture into we did not have a farm we had to purchase our wines or our grapes from an established white winery. Well, I, like I said, didn't know anything about wine, how to make it. And well, I started to learn a little bit about wine and 
found a partner who was willing to supply my product. Thinking that I would take the wine to the local market and Bob's your uncle, we will start making money. It's not that easy to get into the local market. Firstly, because it's saturated with very good quality, inexpensive wines in South Africa. And secondly, I've always been told it's an unknown brand and it's not going to do well in the retail stores and the grocery shops. I was fortunate enough to have met Selena Cuff and she was on her way from South Africa to um, America while she was doing a student exchange program. We had a wine exhibition in Johannesburg in Soweto and she found this exhibition happening in a newspaper while browsing the newspaper. We had conversations, I think, for three to four hours. She was at a very young age, I think. She was 25 years old at the time. Well, she was so excited. She phoned her husband and she told him that we found our business. She thought that if she's not going to tell the story of the indigenous people in the wine industry in South Africa, then somebody else would. So she went back and did some research. It took us about a year to um, register with all the authorities, get the legal documents in place and research the wine styles and the packaging. And on the 23rd of April in 2007, my first container of wines shipped to America. My sisters couldn't believe that I am venturing into the wine industry. They laughed at me. They said to me, you crazy woman. It's a white wine industry. What do you want to go and do there? Well, I was determined to find out more about this industry. And I started with my first market in, in America. The market in America helped a lot. I had a very strong importer, the lady that I started to work with, Selena Cuff from Heritage Link Brands. She was from Harvard University. We would basically walk the streets um, in the U.S., knock on the doors of the retailers, the Whole Foods, the Super Values, the Kroger's, the Jimmy Jungles. We knocked on all those doors. And the more we knocked on the doors, the more the, the wines got listed. I always knew I needed a farm. I needed to have my own land to plant my own vineyards, if not finding a farm with wine grapes on. So it was in 2009 that I acquired a barren piece of land in the heart of the winelands in Stellenbosch. If I think about it today, I, I get scared of myself. What did I think when I acquired a barren piece of land? I did not anticipate having to work the land myself, plant the grapes, the vineyards myself, you know, having to really develop this barren piece of land that had only weeds on into a fully-fledged wine farm. We still have a long way to go, but we've planted uh, Chardonnay grapes and Shiraz grapes, and those grapes we've used to put into our reserve range of wines, which is called our family name, Brutus. And yes, we made stunning wines. 
can you tell us a little more about the range of wines and the story that they tell? Okay, so we are seven biological sisters and we have a baby brother. Well, we had this bright idea of called it um, Seven Sisters. And styled the wine to the personality and character of a sister. And we had great fun. We did some uh, Myers-Briggs personality tests. Um, the sisters were hooked, were pair up and they would discuss the other one's personality. And so it came about that I am the Sauvignon Blanc. Now, remember, at the time, we didn't really drink wine. The intention was then also to make a wine that my I can enjoy and my people can enjoy and pe- millennials can enjoy. Entry-level drinkers can enjoy and not being um, put off by the taste of it. Yeah, I, I was a Sauvignon Blanc, but the Sauvignon Blanc for me was still a bit dry. I, I couldn't believe that my sisters actually chose to call me the Sauvignon Blanc. I thought that I was a nice, smooth red wine because I, th- I thought I was very passionate about my family and compassionate about them yet they are now telling me I'm a dry Sauvignon Blanc. Well, they had to explain to me why they call me a Sauvignon Blanc and I'm the middle child. And, you know, the story about the middle child, they would say it's a problem child. I never thought I was a problem child. So they said to me, no, 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 the reason why you're a Sauvignon Blanc is because you are very firm, you know, you you, you push us in directions to think business-like. So I had to accept being the Sauvignon Blanc. The Cabernet Sauvignon was named after my oldest sister, Carol. And then the Merlot was named after my second oldest sister, June. And then we had a Pinotage um, Shiraz, which we moved into a 100% Pinotage now, which is a beautiful, fruity red wine lots of plum flavors and berries, uh, almost a chocolate leaf aftertaste. Um, that was in the name of my sister, two years older than me, Dawn. The Chardonnay is called after sister Yolanda. The Chenin Blanc was called after sister Latuina. And the Moscato called after sister Odelia. Now, I don't hear one named after your brother. Do you have a special one for your brother? Oh, yes, yes, of course. My brother did not talk to me for the first three years after the Seven Sisters Wines were launched. I was too busy to really notice that. And then I realized that he was was very angry with me because he is nowhere to be found. Now, when he was born... He became the favorite of the family and, you know, everything was around him. Uh, The food that was cooked was because he liked it and and here I'm leaving him out. But it was not like that. It was just the way the plan was written and how and which product will be developed first. So in 2016, while launching our Brutus family brands, the um, reserve range of wines. We also launched our flagship wine, which is called after him, John Brutus, a Bordeaux-style blend red wine. 
Vivian, do you think working with your sisters helped you get further in the wine industry than going through it alone? Yeah, sure. I mean, you do need support. You do need emotional support at times. I mean, it was not easy it, to get into the wine industry at the time I got into the wine industry with a few other black women at the time in 2005 was not an easy ride at all. It was a grueling time for us. We did not know at times what to do. Every day was a challenge. Every day was almost a crisis to sort out because we had so little information about it and not always know where to go for assistance. My sisters did not have any knowledge the same way I had of the wine industry, but to be there to support each other, that helped a lot and and could take some of the weight off my shoulders. Yes. In closing, I'd like to ask, what is your advice to women getting into an industry that has been dominated by male figures? Well, I, I sometimes want to say I don't even want to advise them to get into it. You must have very deep pockets because it's a very capital intensive industry. You need to sell your wines from the shelf. It's easy to bottle a bottle of wine, but it's not easy to sell a bottle of wine. So there's no easy way out. It's a long road and you must have perseverance. You won't survive if you are not an entrepreneur who wants to make it a success business. Because we haven't really made loads of money in this industry. You know, that we could say we have a carefree financial life. We're still dreaming of having that. Hopefully we will have it one day. Well, Vivian, it was a real pleasure speaking with you. We've been speaking with uh, Vivian Klein-Hans. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Doris. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. That was our conversation with Vivian Kleinens from Seven Sisters Vineyards. Up next, Gaia Gaia. Wow. Please subscribe and give us your likes.